0: is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. So that's the way God wants us to live our lives. So the first verse that we're looking at, verse one, tackles something that I think causes unrest and agitation. I know in my own life. It's pride. Pride is often at the root of our unrest, our agitation, our anxiety. And so the first First, the psalmist, and the psalmist was David, he was talking about letting go of pride, which makes us anxious. And he he talks about three different types of pride. He says, first of all, not a proud heart. He says, not having a proud heart. My heart is not proud, Lord. And I think of this as pride in relation to ourselves. So, you know, thinking of ourselves more highly than we ought. And I think the classic example of that probably was Satan. That's how he came to fall. really. It's because he said, I will ascend into heaven. I will be like the most high. Um, And it was him feeling that he he was entitled to more and wanting to be more than he was. And exactly the same temptation he came to Adam and Eve with in the garden. It's interesting because it had worked for him. And he used that to bring about the downfall of the human race. He said to Adam and Eve, did God say you couldn't eat of this tree? God knows that if you do, you will become like God. So that's kind of one kind of pride. And the encouragement this morning for us is to be content, really, with who God has made us to be and the gifts he's given us and his plan for our life and to find peace in that. So that's about having a proud heart. But the other kind of pride I I identify myself and probably you do as well is having a proud eye or a haughty eye. And I think of that as pride in relation to other people. So um, our attitude to others, either comparing ourselves and thinking we're better or not as good. It can go both ways. Uh, Being concerned about our social status, you know, our our position, our place, where we sit. and Jesus said quite a lot about that. He, he talked about the Pharisees. He said they always want the best seats at the table. They always want the best seats in the synagogue. They want to be acknowledged. And he said, don't be like that. And, you know, Jesus talked about going downward, being downwardly mobile <laughs> rather than upwardly mobile. It's a, The kingdom of God works in a completely different way from how society works. And... Um, so that's two types of pride. And the third type of pride it mentions is um, not concerning myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. And I think that's when God's used this psalm mostly with me, actually. I, I, I remember once, I think I was watching something on social media. I'd been listening to the news. I'm a great one for watching things like Question Time. And I, I quite like the kind of political debate. But I think I'd, I'd watched quite a lot and I felt really quite heavy You know, I mean, I just thought, oh, I felt a bit overwhelmed by how much wrong there is in the world and what's going on. And I just felt that verse come into my mind, not concerned with things too great for me. And um, I think this speaks in terms of pride in relation to God. Um, Sometimes we think we've got to understand and make sense of everything and do everything and be in control. And um, I think here the psalmist is saying, I'm willing to admit there are things I can't do things that I don't understand, things that I can't change, and I'm happy to sit with it like that. It's okay. I'm not going to play God. I'm not going to try and control everything and and try and run my own life. Just that acknowledgement, I think it's a little bit what perhaps what Eddie was mentioning this morning, this acknowledgement that God's in control and that's enough. And it brings peace to you, not feeling you've got to be in control and know everything that's going on. And I always remember um, an elder at my old church having... He said he was in the prayer meeting and they had literally gone around the world praying for everything. And he said he felt quite bowed down at the end. And he suddenly had this vision. He said it was like the heavens opened and I saw the great God himself on the throne. You know, far above all and so in control. And he said suddenly all the things that I was concerned and overwhelmed about seemed absolutely ridiculous. He said I started laughing. I couldn't stop because it just seemed so ludicrous to be worried about anything. You know, because of this amazing God, and then he said, "When I came down to earth, I realised I actually was laughing. He was laughing out loud, and he was getting a few funny looks from the people around him." But you know, it's just having that vision of God. So um, that's kind of basically verse one, and then verse two talks about contentment. And again, I find this verse really interesting. It says, "I have stilled and quieted my soul like a wean child with its mother." And I just notice it says, I have, I have done this. You know, sometimes we have this idea that God is going to just drop a peace bomb on us from above. But actually, it says, I, I, I have done this for myself. And um, this is something God's really been speaking to me about recently, about being still and knowing that God is God. And um, being still means relaxing, letting go, not striving. Um And I remember somebody telling me they had a, uh, they were sitting by a lake once, and it was a beautifully calm lake, and there was a great reflection. They were just admiring it. And God said to them, the stiller the water, the clearer the reflection. And she said, that just stayed with me, that thought, and it did with me. I thought, well, that's an amazing thought, you know, because we want to reflect Jesus to others. But the idea that the stiller the water, the less agitation, the more at peace we are, the more we can reflect the Lord Jesus to others. So this whole thing about learning contentment, what does that look like? Um, I just want to explain a bit about my experience of it, really. Um, I went on a holiday, um, well, it wasn't a holiday, it was a conference, a, a ladies' conference a couple of years back, and came back with COVID. And it meant... <laughs> that I couldn't look after my mum, and I kind of involved in caring for my elderly mum. And it meant that the care fell on somebody else who who had not had a break and then had to take on even further responsibilities because I had to isolate. And I can remember coming before God and just, well, I just felt really burdened. I felt really guilty. I felt really anxious and upset about it. And I just felt that God said to me, just come here, come here for a minute. and um, Rest in me for a bit. And um, I did. I just sat in front of God and I just committed it to him and said, Lord, I, I can't do anything about this situation. I just feel bad about it. I just commit it to you. And I just felt this sense of peace come over me. It was quite amazing. And I wrote down what I felt God say. And he said this, I yearn for these moments of quietness with you, even more than you do. I do my best handiwork when you sit in the stillness of my presence, focusing your entire being on me. Don't feel guilty about taking time to do this. Your yearning for me is a form of homesickness, longing for your true home in heaven. I want you to lay down your cares and rest in my presence. The more hassled you feel, the more you need to allow time for communion with me. Relax in my presence while my face shines upon you. This is how you receive my peace, which I always offer to you. And do you know something? I fell asleep. (laughs) I was so relaxed I fell asleep, and I think I slept for quite a while. And when I woke up, I felt so much better. Um, And it was like a child falling asleep in her father's arms, really. I guess that's what it was. And, um, And the Lord said to me, Did you know it's possible for you to live like this all the time? You don't have to come in and out of this. When I say be anxious for nothing, I really do mean it. That's what he said. And um, I think, well, Lord, I'm not there yet, but I certainly want to be, you know. Um, So sometimes people say, well, what does it mean then to come before God and rest in him and be quiet? And I I remember as a child thinking, oh, I'm going to have a quiet time. I didn't really know what a quiet time was. So I went upstairs and I sat down for three minutes with my eyes closed. Because the whole thing is, you don't, you're you not with somebody when they're having a quiet time, are you? Have it on your own. So you never find out what you have to do. And I didn't know. So I sat there for three minutes. I thought, oh, this is boring. And I went out and played, I think. Um, so I just want to explain what I do when I come before God like that. And it's coming to God without agenda, really. And um, not to pray, not to worship, not to intercede for other people. Just being with him. And I find it doesn't have to be for long, it can be, but if you're like me and I've got the attention span of a gnat, it tends to be quite quick. Um, And I just say his name and I just say, Jesus, thank you. And I just think about him, I focus on him, I just open my heart to his presence and my mind to his thoughts. I ask the Holy Spirit to direct me and if a verse of scripture comes to mind, I think about it. Um, And I just rest and relax and enjoy his company. And I just want to commend it to you. You know, I'm sure you're all doing it anyway. But if you're not, just, you might say, oh, I don't know how to meditate. I don't know how to do this. And I think, well, if you know how to worry, you know how to meditate. Because worrying is just thinking about the same thing over and over again. And meditating is just thinking about God over and over again. So you you will be able to do it. And it's not about emptying your mind, it's about focusing your mind on God and giving him your full attention and beholding him without having an agenda. Um, so I remember a, a reading a book by somebody called Strawn Coleman and he said he was, he was kind of at the seaside and he saw this amazing sunset and it was glorious and he said, I immediately wanted to capture it with a photo and, and he felt God say to him, just look at it. You don't have to take photos. He said, you know, he said, every time God gives me a blessing, I turn into a sermon or, think, oh, that would be a good thought for my next book. Or, and he said to him, you don't need to control me. Just be. Just enjoy the moment. And I think, you know, there's something about coming to God and just being in his company. And I, I think my favorite verse in the Bible, perhaps I should have spoken on that one, was um, in Psalm 27 where it says, One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold his beauty and to inquire of him in his temple. And my soul says of you, seek his face. Your face, O Lord, I will seek. So we're definitely not going to get to the end of this message before quarter past. Um, So I'm just going to... Just to say, just just finish this little bit off, really. Um, you know, you might think as you're listening to me, isn't this being a bit self-indulgent? And I had this funny situation happen recently where a friend of mine took me on this walk down the cliff at La Fern. Some of you, I think, have done it. And as we were heading down this cliff, I said to her, are we going to have to come back this way? And she said, no, 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 there's a road that you can go along. I thought, mm, I'm not sure, because we parked our car at the top of the cliff. <laughs> and I thought, we're going down, we're going to have to go up at some point. And sure enough, we did. And it was really steep steps, and they weren't very well marked. And I was going, <gasps> you know. And she said to me, Catherine, don't worry. If you if you lose your balance, just make sure you fall forward or left. Don't go backward or right. Otherwise, you'll die because there's, <laughs> there's a cliff down there. Uh, and then she started asking me all these questions about God and was she going to the right church and and all this sort of thing. And I was just saying. <gasps> could we just get to the top of the cliff and then have a cup of tea and then I'll give it my, my full consideration. But what she was saying was that she'd been listening to this message and, um, from, from the vicar at the church and the vicar was talking about resting in God's grace, enjoying God's grace and she said, do you think that's right? And I thought, well, yes, that sounds fine to me. She said, yeah, but isn't it a bit selfish? Isn't it a bit, it's okay for me, you know, I'm all right, Jack, but while everyone else is going to rack and ruin... And, um, but I, I just feel that if we, Jesus said, you are, he is the vine and we are the branches and that we are linked to him. We're connected to him and his life flows through us. If we don't do that, what have we got to offer people? What have we got to offer people if we're not connected into him? And another, sometimes I, I remember growing up um, hearing the phrase "saved to serve" quite a lot. You know, have you ever heard that phrase? Oh, we're saved to serve. I just don't think that's true. I think we're saved to have a relationship with God, to have intimacy with Him. That's why He saved us. You know, it's like the elder son in the in the parable of the lost son, and he said to his father, all these years I've slaved for you and you never gave me even a kid that I could celebrate with my friends. And the father said to him, but you are always with me. And all that I have is yours. What what the father was saying, it was constant presence, constant provision, you know, and that's what we've been saved for. But then out of that, out of that relationship with God, flows um, joy and a river and a life. You know, the river of God that flows from the throne flowing through us to reach and bless other people. And then just finally, the last verse, live in hope. Um, Put your hope in the Lord both now and evermore. And I've just come back from um, uh, Grapevine, which was really good, really enjoyed it. And I listened there to uh, the International Justice Mission, which is a, a, a charity that protects people from human trafficking modern-day slavery, and they were celebrating 25 years of that. But they were saying, it's such a hard job to do, he said. They were saying, because you're dealing with the kind of like the worst side of human nature. And he said, sometimes we don't get there in time. You know, we're trying to rescue somebody, and it doesn't happen. And he said, we have to deal with that. And he said, they were preaching about um, living in hope. And they, they used this verse from Acts 226 I've pitched my tent in the land of hope and they said how as an organization have we managed to pitch our tents in the land of hope when we're faced with so much overwhelming um, darkness and he, he said I'm just going to tell you quickly what they said but it was consistent commitment to four things commitment to who God is that he's a father who loves us and loves what we're trying to do. And that verse really stayed with me, that he said, God is a father who loves you and he loves what you're trying to do, even if it doesn't always work out right. Um, Commitment to honesty, brutal honesty, he said being honest with God about how things are. Um, And if we can't be honest with God, who can we be honest with? Uh, commitment to the disciplines, focusing on God. They, every, in that organisation, every single person, first half hour of their working day is spent on their own with God, relating to God. And that's what keeps them going through the long haul. And then finally, commitment to community, um, to strengthen us. So, gosh, that's been a whistle- whistle-stop tour. But um, I'm going to stop at that point. Just to recap, then, that psalm really is about humility... Contentment and hope, and uh, just maybe ask God what the next step is for you in that area. And um, but bear in mind, if you ask that question, you will get an answer. <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> yes. should I, should I um, yeah, I was just thinking. It's such a shame to. Um, talk about spending time with God and I know we've already done that this morning but it's such a shame to not have a go at doing it together again. So there's a song that um, we're going to play called He Restores My Soul and just do what I was saying, just focus in on the Lord as, as you're listening to this beautiful song. Thank you.